This episode of Pop Punk and Pizza is sponsored by 360 Phoenix Flip and his new single called Day in the Life. Now it's being released tomorrow, March 19th. A day in the life of a 20 something over 18. Skateboard under eye, my love and covered my earphones. Empty wallet, rally bed on happiness. clip of A Day in the Life by 360 Phoenix Flip, which is being released tomorrow, March 19th. You're going to hear this single in full at the end of this episode. Now, for more info, you can follow him on Facebook and Instagram at 360 Phoenix Flip. I'm going out. I gotta go. I'll bang a ring on the radio. So turn it up. I'm telling you. to Pop Punk and Pizza with Jacques L'Amour. Yo, what up? Welcome to Pop Punk and Pizza. I'm Jacques L'Amour. And before we get to today's episode, I just have a quick announcement and uh, something that I've failed to talk to you about this week and even last week on the podcast. So uh, Snooze Fest is coming up tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Central Time, and this is going to be a live stream event um, because of the pandemic. Now, normally, Snooze Fest would be a small uh, music fest in Chicago, usually takes place on one night, and it features some of the best pop punk bands in the Chicago scene, and sometimes actually features some bands from some of the other Midwestern Uh, scenes as well. Uh, There's been bands from Minnesota to play in the past and also Michigan. In fact, uh, one of the bands playing once again this year is uh, A Better Hand, which is also from uh, Minnesota, which is the band I was just referring to being from Minnesota. But anyway, um, so with live music, in-person live music still not being a thing, Snooze Fest is taking place via live stream. Uh, March 19th, which, like I said, tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central Time, and this is going to be live at twitch.tv forward slash guardrail, and guardrail is the band that has hosted this for the last five years. Now, this is going to be absolutely free, but we do ask that uh, you consider donating to the three organizations that were... um, giving recognition to or, or putting a spotlight on, if you will. Uh, the first one being the Allison Cares Foundation, which is one that we've talked about, um, or which is one that um, Snooze Fest has um, endorsed before or donated to before. And um, the Allison Cares Foundation, they're a, uh, a non-for-profit group in the Chicagoland area that uh, helps everyone involved um, with... Uh, the stigma surrounding substance abuse and mental health disorders, helping those people in need, or even beyond that, even families that have just been affected by someone with substance abuse or with a mental health disorder. Um, So we ask uh, that you 
consider donating to the Allison Cares Foundation. There's also the Dave Gomez compilation, which uh, Dave Gomez, you've heard me talk about him on the podcast in recent months. He's a good friend of mine in the Chicago pop punk scene, recently diagnosed with cancer, and we are uh, all rallying together, and a bunch of uh, Chicago pop punk bands are, are putting out a compilation covering some of Dave's favorite pop punk songs. And uh, that's something that you can buy and pre-order on Bandcamp. If you go to, uh, I believe it's Dave Gomez Benefit Comp Bandcamp.com, you'll be able to uh, find it there. Or if, even if you just search Dave Gomez on Bandcamp, I'm sure it would come up as well. And then, of course, the last but not least foundation we want you to consider donating to is Save Our Stages, if you haven't already. And if that's something that you cannot donate to, um, find another way to get involved. Even if you just share something about Save Our Stages, uh, it's well worth it. Because even though we're, we're finally starting to get out of the woods with this pandemic... Uh, live music is, uh, and uh, well, I should be more specific, uh, music venues are still hurting and they still have to get through the rest of the period until they can return to having shows. And even when shows do come back, they're not going to be at uh, full capacity, m- more than likely. So <clears throat> please consider donating to the uh, Save Our Stages campaign as well. So Snooze Fest happening online tomorrow. Long story short, I hope uh, you were able to understand at least some of what I was saying. That is happening on Guardrail's Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash guardrail. Uh, Bands that are included are A Better Hand, Bad Planning, The Blamed, Counter Theory, my friend Drew Neely, The Flips, of course, Guardrail, Late Nights, Tiny Kingdoms, and Torch the Hive. And there will also be appearances uh, from myself, uh, Baggage, Arabella, and Low Country, and possibly some more. So again, twitch.tv forward slash guardrail tomorrow night, March 19th, 8 p.m. Central Time. Okay, (laughs) so thank you uh, for bearing with me on that announcement. Um, So our guest today You know, uh, life is full of surprises, right? Sometimes they're good surprises, sometimes they're bad surprises. But our guest today uh, is Cody from a ska punk band uh, called Millington out of New York. You may have heard of them if if you're active, uh, actively looking for new bands in the ska punk scene. I had recently discovered them this last year and uh, absolutely loved what I heard. But uh, talking to Cody, he uh, he gave me a good surprise. Um, while talking with him, I found out that he interned for John Feldman at uh, John's studio in California. And that was something I had no clue of ahead of ahead of time before our interview took place i found out while we were just talking and uh, i found it to be a really cool discovery now if you're not familiar with john feldman he is the front man of goldfinger and uh, he's also a well-known producer um the album we specifically talk about that feldman produced is california by blink 182 and you're going to find out the reason why we end up talking about uh, California. But anyway, besides uh, Cody's time interning for John Feldman, we also dive into how he learned Japanese and also what's in store for Millington. So let's go ahead and say hello to Cody of Millington. Everything started with a letdown and we all fall down, down. 
thanks for doing uh, this interview, man. I yeah, really appreciate course. it. I um, appreciate you, you know, taking interest in us. So yeah, hell yeah, man. I I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I think if I'm not mistaken, I I mean, I was introduced to you guys last year in 2020, but I want to mm-hmm. say it was on Spotify, and I was just my. It was I don't know if my Spotify wasn't on shuffle per se. Right. It was maybe it was on like a ska playlist, ska punk playlist of some kind. I, yeah, Spotify is, is a little bit funky. Like like in some ways it's it's almost like Pandora sometimes where I don't know if you ever use Pandora, but like um, you know, back in the day it was that thing like you'd pick an artist and it would play artists like that. And and I think like Spotify does something almost similar. Sometimes I'll just be like, I picked Blink 182, but like the next song that came on was not Blink 182 for some reason. <laughs> I don't yeah, yeah I, maybe I just don't I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe I don't know, but uh you know yeah. Spotify has been pretty good in the regard that they have definitely pushed our stuff. Um, you know, that's definitely kind of where we've been, um, you know, got the most footing for sure. Is mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I remember I was cleaning or washing dishes or doing something in the kitchen. And then that came on, I'm like, who is this? <laughs> like, who the hell is this? And I was like, wow. I was like, I'm Millington. I was like, I've never heard of this band. I was like, they're awesome. Like, Thank you. So um, I'm I'm pretty sure that's how it happened. Mm-hmm. So um, so it was like a it was a nice it was a really nice surprise. Awesome. And um, and I know uh, most of the pop punk and pizza listeners are familiar with your cover of "Look What Happened" with Half Past Two with yeah. Tara, yeah, or Tara, excuse me. And um, so, what's your I mean, I'm I'm assuming you. The big reason you picked that song was "Borders and Boundaries." It the album turning 20 years old. I'm not sure if that's, or was it just kind of like, eh, I love this song. So yeah, honestly, it was more like the, I uh, hadn't really given a lot of thought to "Borders and Boundaries." Let's see, that that was that was 2001, right? Um, uh, I guess really the reason I picked that cover um, is because I knew I wanted to do something with Tara, and uh, I don't. I, 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 that song, like, I always loved the chorus because it's it's in a key that's like, you know, pretty high for the standard singer, but it kind of sits right w- with me as a tenor. So I really wanted to do that one. Um, and I, I just, I kind of wanted to turn it into like this pop punk duet. I, I, I must've just been listening to it. And I, I maybe I wanted to do a song by Less Than Jake. I think that's really what it was because um, I love them. Okay. Um, but uh, Science of Selling Yourself Short seemed almost kind of too obvious. And Look What Happened kind of had a little bit more like, you know, pop punk cred or punk cred because it was on an older album that was a little bit more Scott punk. And then it was redone for Anthem. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I liked both versions and I wanted to see if I could, you know, because I, I produced the music as well and I record it. So I kind of wanted to see if I could get, you know, how close I could get to the production style as well as, um, you know, as doing like this, this pop punk duet thing. So I, it was kind of like, I don't know. It was like a random, random thing, but it, you okay. know, I, I'm happy we did it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it ended up being you guys killed it. It was you, you knocked it out of Thank the park, you. and I I Thank didn't you. realize that. Do you, do you record and produce everything that Millington does? Everything so far, yeah. Um, it's all been in my basement. Uh, you know, I I have I've built up a studio over the years, and um, it's been you know I went to college for uh, music 
industry is kind of like a blanket term, but what I really <laughs> focused on was recording. And that's kind of, you know, where I really feel like I shine. And that's what I love to do is make records. So for you, when you're, you're sitting down to record something or produce something, what is the thing that you tend to concentrate the most on or that you think is the most important that a lot of people kind of gloss over they, they, or overlook it? Huh. When I record, what is the, you know, I, I, I'm so meticulous about like every little detail and, and really at the end <laughs> of the day, you know, people want to hear good songs. And I think the, the sheen of the recording or like a really nice recording, um, it's almost in a lot of sense of the, the, the uh, in a certain sense that if the common listener doesn't notice the recording and let and the, and the, the song can shine through, that's almost like, you know, nine times out of 10, it's like, you know, there's like audio files and people that really like love the sound of good production. But most people, if you can deliver them a good song without it being hampered by the recording, um, you know, that is kind of the best you can do it to, you know, hope to do in a lot of cases. So, um, you know, I, I love to make really nice polished records, but if I didn't, you know, potentially edit the drums for like 30 hours on the last record or something, you know, like just like making sure that the, each beat is lined up with a transient, like, you know, like that, you know, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, probably zero people would notice, you know, yeah. um, but I am kind of like that. I am, I'm very much like, you know, cause I, I, um, I interned with John Feldman um, of Goldfinger and uh, you know, I, I try to replicate a lot of the things that I learned while I was there. Um, so there are, you know, there were things over there that it was like that meticulous that, that actually go into making like these really sheen, you know, glossy records. So what was, what were some of the things you picked up from John? Um, <laughs> he had a, a very positive and uh, boisterous attitude towards just recording music, which was a huge thing for me. Um, I'm pretty quiet myself. I'm not a lot like him as a person, but um, <laughs> you know, in that regard, he's very type A, very you know, caffeinated, and I'm very. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I think one somebody on my report card in middle school wrote that I was lethargic, and you know, so you know, uh, but uh, you know, I, I'm so I'm not the same kind of person. But in terms of um, recording, you know, um, and he had a great team too. Uh, Zach Servini was his engineer at the time, you know, and anytime they were you know, there wasn't like a super, super famous person there or something like that. I would, I would be asking like these little questions and I'm sure I was annoying as hell, but you know, I would always, <laughs> what did I picked up a lot of tips on recording drums? Um, and I, I picked up a lot of tips on like how to treat clients, um, and how to, you know, and how, you know, recording music is like basically as big as you want to make it. So like, you know, recently I put like mood lights in my studio because, you know, I want to add impact to the records we're making. I don't want to feel like I'm just in my basement. I want to feel like, you know, turn the lights low, like feel like this next record is going to be a huge thing and, and like kind of get that vibe going, you know? Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. I guess I never thought about that. Yeah, you got to have, you got to have that proper lighting, right? <laughs> it, I, actually, I, it's crazy. Yeah. I know myself, like, um, my, my day job, I, I host a, a morning radio show and actually, actually doesn't even pertain to my job. This is almost like in any, um, kind of atmosphere where I'm working. I don't like to work in super bright lighting. I always prefer to have just like lamp type lighting <laughs> yeah. and kind of, yeah, on the dim end. So like, you know, if, if you walked into, you know, 
the the radio studio that I'm working in or whatever, like it's usually not very bright. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I don't know if that's just maybe maybe it's not just me then you know actually yeah, talk, yeah. talking to you i i mean i i've just i've i is as you keep you know you get going with like anything you, you know if you've done it long enough you kind of like start to notice like these subtle things that like you know other places or other vibes that you've experienced that you might want to incorporate and uh you know i might as well have been for the first like five years of my recording career been doing like in industrial lighting and, you know, like, and it's like, you know, just really like, you know, like I, back then I was just so focused on like, you know, how does a microphone work? And now that I've kind of been doing <laughs> yeah. it for a while, you know, like now I'm, I'm yeah. wondering like, how do people react? How do I react to, you know, certain stimuli when I'm recording and, and what might that change? It may, might not change anything, but if I'm creating, you know, some kind of placebo effect that any, you know, at this point I've covered all the, the big grounds of like, you know, how does a microphone work and how does a preamp work? And now I'm kind of getting to the level of like what little like 0.5% changes can I make that are going to make this, you know, next record be, you know, sure. better. It was funny, uh, the comment you had about John Feldman and the, the caffeinated thing, because <laughs> it's, it's funny to hear that, that, you know, that that's actually true because I've, oh, yeah. I've, I've heard that in a couple different interviews. Not, not, I don't think it was, <laughs> it wasn't with him. I think it must've been with, maybe it was Mark Hoppus when they released the California record. Yeah. He was talking about how like how much like espresso or just oh coffee God. that you know he drinks and then like he was talking about like the, and the donuts oh He's yeah like... donut time yeah that they, well, so I was, I was there for that uh record that was when i was there is when they were making that record okay um and uh yes i can actually attest to all of that i made some of the espresso even um but yeah feldman definitely had the the crazy coffee rig inside and they would send me down to like peddler's fork all the time, which was, um, in Calabasas for like, you know, just like crazy coffee runs at, at all hours and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, donut time, uh, was like a, it was a big favorite at that time, uh, which was, uh, I think Mark Trombino, he was a producer and he did the record, damn it. And then he quit and started making donuts. Uh, and then I guess that, you know, donuts are huge. Just know that donuts are huge for both Blank and Felt. And that's the takeaway. <laughs> that's awesome. So what, I mean, what, obviously you did a lot of coffee runs and things like that, which oh, yeah. is, you know, when, when you're working for someone like John Feldman or you're working at a, a big studio of any kind, which there's not really many of those situations left, you're a, a runner or whatever. Mm, yeah. What, what, what else did you get a chance to, to do? Um, Honestly, it was like, you know, in, in some ways being essentially, you know, nobody at the time and, and, and basic not, I don't contend with Blink at this point either, but mm -hmm. essentially not being an artist, being an intern, being somebody fresh off the street, um, you know, in this, in this uh, world-class studio, um, it was kind of, in a sense, I didn't want to, I wanted to do everything. I wanted to be best friends with these people that were like my idols for my entire life. But I also knew that there was like a fine line. So I mean, in a lot of ways, I wish I asked about more stuff. And in a lot of ways, I like super cringe about things that I might have may or may not have done, you know, like, like, I feel like the first day I was there, I think, I think I 
I short-circuited and requested a lyric change to Mark Coppice the first day I was in the studio. And I got like a text and I was like, that that was a no-no, you know? Like, so really? that, that's, yeah, yeah. I mean, cause part of me, again, like part of me is fantasized about like, be, like, like, oh, I'm Tom today. And I'm like, you know, like pretending to, I'm Tom DeLonger, you know, like all my life learning guitar, I, I felt like I, I felt like I had this like spiritual connection with the band. So it, it, it you know, they're not different people in person. And it just felt like, like this weird, fever dream that had come true and um so so what was what was the situation you were describing then were you all like <laughs> kind of like in a writing circle no no, no. i was like lyric- i was <laughs> i was like cleaning the studio and i like heard the 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 vocals on the on, on the being played back through the headphones and i was like uh-huh. oh you know what i should suggest that mark says the f word more and i did and he goes thank you <laughs> and that was it and i was like oh like immediately i was like <laughs> fuck, why did I do that? Yeah, like, so. like I just made an ass of myself. Yeah, like the first day, I'm like, I'm going home. Like I just drove for four days straight to get here. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, there was there were things that I did get to do that were really cool. You know, I was invited quite a few places for like, you know, you know, Andy Black would play a show, you know, every couple of weeks and we would all go out to see that and we get in for free. And Beartooth, you know, the same deal. Um, Blink-182 did a big, um, like, hidden, like, it was hidden in this parking garage, but it was, like, a secret L.A. club, and they um, they did a release for uh, when, when uh, Bored to Death came out. So they okay. did this cool, like, karaoke, like, super, super nice place, just, like, something like you see in the movies, and that was really cool, and I was super glad to be invited to that. Okay. Wow. That's awesome. So yeah. did, did you actually get to, to spend any quality time or actually I should say like any, do you have any quality conversation with any of these idols and, and what, what was included if, if so, and, and some of these conversations? Yeah. So, um, like ironically enough, I ended up probably getting the closest and talking most with Travis, even though I'm not a drummer and I always was like really into Tom and Mark's uh, writing style. So I always like saw, felt like I identified more with them, but it turns out that Travis is like super, super down to earth. And he, and he, maybe just cause you know, Mark was still very much in the production and Travis was done with all the drums. So he, I, I don't know what, maybe we just crossed paths more, but I was able to talk to Travis more. And um, you know, that was like, just like, I don't know, because he, he seems like probably the most famous one in the band, but he was also like seemingly the most down to earth, you know, and um, we, we just we, talking to him about stuff that wasn't music was awesome. Like, like I was having stomach issues and he was like, you know, giving me recommendations for like doctors and stuff like that. And uh, <laughs> it was weird. And then, you know, like, I don't know, like he let me park his car once and like he's a big car guy. So I was like, oh, my God, this is awesome. And and uh, I don't know, like um, what else just oh yeah we were talking about um the ending of feeling this one time um and uh, i was telling him about how, you know i got to express to him that that was like the end of that song got me into recordings because i liked how much the vocals were layered and i got to get like hear his take on it a little bit so yeah it was it was cool as hell for sure and i'm glad that i got to know him uh personally because i i, did, I didn't feel like i got to you know it was matt skiba at the time and i didn't get to talk to matt skiba much i didn't get to talk to mark much um but i was really glad that i was able to get to know travis personally yeah, I I mean I would imagine I don't know all all especially Travis and even Matt they they seem like they would be pretty quiet people. Mm-hmm. I would imagine Mark probably is too, but I would it, it's it, I guess from a public's perspective you would see Mark as more of a talkative person, but then the other right. two as more quiet and kind of reserved. 
you know. Yeah, I mean, but, not only is Mark the songwriter, but he's also has a microphone when they play live, whereas Travis doesn't. You know, like basically talks with the drums, like they'll make a joke and it'll be like, a, you know, like to like yeah. punctuate it or whatever. <laughs> um, but you know, in that setting where everything is reduced to you know everybody is just a person in a room, it's a little bit different. And um, mm-hmm. and yes, Travis was you know quite quiet. Um, you know, he wasn't you know coming in screaming like like mark might have been after getting drinking espresso with john but uh you know he would still like you know walk up to everybody in the studio and pound it and be like how you doing man you know what i mean and that that meant a lot to me because again i was just a face in the in the studio crowd you know like i so yeah it was cool yeah you mentioned earlier um john feldman taught you or just being there i don't know if it was necessarily him but taught you how to treat clients and how how exactly is that how do you treat a client so you know it was i feel like he had like special like drinks that he would give um like like there was like this weird drink that he made for vocalists and i feel like i had to go i went to like this corner um like korean cafe or something it was like a, it was like I mean, it was like a pink elephant i don't even remember what it's called but they had like they sold like a, a tea and i i had to go in there with like two jugs and i'd be like I, my boss needs you to fill these, you know, and that was half of the concoction. And then there was another half. I forgot what the other secret ingredient was, but then you mixed it together. And then I think that was his fix all for like getting a vocalist through a session. Um, and it was, yeah, it was little things like that, like making his special drinks for, um, you know, clients and like, you know, making sure that they are having a good time and that they're comfortable at the studio and, uh, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, there was a smaller band from out of town, um, at the time they were smaller, uh, trophy wives, their make out now. Oh, and then, yeah. Yeah. They've gone through some changes. Um, but yep. you know, at the time they were a, a smaller group that was there and he, you know, they were staying at his studio and he like, totally made sure that they were like taken care of and had a good time. So that, you know, I saw a lot of that and I, it, it was very inspiring to like make sure that, you know, that your clients know that what they're doing is substantial. Um, and what is, you know, what's going to come out of it is even more substantial. So, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's super important. That's so funny. Like, I can't yeah. imagine walking into that restaurant and two jugs. They're, they're probably used to that. Like, some yeah. random person showing up with two jugs. Hey, can you fill these? Yeah, because it, like, it was like it was the kind of I think it was the kind of drink you would order like a personal size, like you know, and they would make it. But I was just mm-hmm. like, you know. <laughs> give me what you got, you know, like, I think they didn't really know how to charge, you know, they're like, oh, we don't like, it's not on the menu, like two jugs yeah, of this. How much, yeah. how much should we charge for this? <laughs> right. Right. So yeah. <laughs> gosh, that's funny. Yeah. What is your take on there? There's a, when, when I see different people in some of the like pop punk Facebook groups talking about John Feldman related productions and stuff, mm-hmm. there's always the the two extreme sides with it there's the you know everything he does is amazing and then the other side is like it's way overproduced it sucks the life out of it yeah 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 i mean um, what's your take on it? not necessarily just his but like i guess production in general it doesn't necessarily have to be john feldman's but i i get you i get you for sure and i've seen similar things um what i will say about that is i take a lot of inspiration from it, but I don't take everything, you know, when it comes to making my records, I don't think that, you know, I don't believe that he's making necessarily the perfect pop punk records, but I think like a hell of a lot of it is super inspiring for like the modern age of rock. Um, so, you know, I, I take it for what it is. I, I know that he's doing great records. I know that he's done great records and I, you know, I, I, 
I'm not super selective about what's inspiring because I know that, you know, like, for example, I was just listening to the latest Goldfinger record and because I wanted to hear a very, very modern, very professional record that had horns on it. Um, so I was listening to that and yeah, there's a lot of things that are, you know, I would maybe dial back the auto auto tune on and there's a few things that, you know, maybe I would let some life shine through, but you know, it, a lot of it is like, you know, almost like the future of rock and roll in a lot of ways, which I think is cool as hell. Yeah. And what, what is the future of rock and roll? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm so glad you asked that. Um, uh, that It's Millington, right? right, Well, it's just like, well, cut to, uh, cut to our track right here. (laughs) Um, uh, um, no, uh, you know, that's a great question. Honestly, the future of music was probably could have been predicted a lot, like a hell of a lot better than before the whole pandemic started. You know, like I think that was like like the biggest like crazy, you know, for a lot of people, it was just like super blindsiding. But I think the entertainment industry is going to, you know, it's it's going to be totally different. So it's it's hard to say. You know, venues are closing down left and right, and uh, you know, nobody really knows. You know, people are starting to do outdoor gigs and stuff um, and, and whatnot, and I think. Uh, you know, it's going to be like that for a bit, but, um, in terms of the future of rock and roll, I, I, <laughs> your guess is as good as mine, honestly. Like, I really don't know. <laughs> so. Yeah, I know that was, I was just kind of teasing. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> you just wanted me to say, well, it's dead, but <laughs> it's dead. No, no, no. I definitely don't believe that. I, uh, I feel like the older I've gotten, um, the more I've kind of opened my eyes and opened my mind mm-hmm. into seeing that things just change and that's yeah. just how it is it doesn't mean a genre is dead it just evolves every yeah. single every single genre evolves i i can't tell you how many times i will see people post about oh country music is dead or you know real country doesn't exist or rock and roll is dead or you know like any genre and i'm like no it's it's not dead it just right. doesn't sound like what you listened to when you were a teenager right yeah, I, mean, I, I was kind of reflecting on this a little bit um, the other day and like how like, you know, bands in the early 2000s and even to the mid 2000s were still on, you know, top 40 radio as bands, you know, as, as punk bands, pop punk bands. And, you know, it's, to a certain extent, that's how you made music is you've got four, five, six people together and they each had an instrument and you made music. And obviously with digital music, you know, it's, it's synthesizers have been around since the 80s, but, you know, it's moving more towards like the you know, less budget means maybe less people means maybe you DJ instead of rock and roll. You know what I mean? But <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I think there's just a lot of options now, as opposed to, you know, your options before were, are you going to play bass or guitar? And now your <laughs> options are, you know, do you want to be a DJ? Do you want to make video game music? Do you want, you know what I mean? There's, there's just, there's so many options now. So it's just, yeah. there's more options. It's, it's not the rock and roll. Isn't the only answer anymore. I think is, is the big thing. I hope you're enjoying my conversation with Cody of Millington so far. So today's Pop Punk and Pizza sponsor, 360 Phoenix Flip, has been releasing new synth-heavy, fast-paced pop punk music every six weeks since September 2020. So for his uh, upcoming track, Day in the Life, which is coming out tomorrow, March 19th, the synths are all gone and he's going straight out pop punk, reminiscing the good old days, both musically and lyrically. So Day in the Life will uh, get on all streaming platforms tomorrow, March 19th. So make sure you uh, give it a listen when it drops and you can find out more uh, about him 
by uh, going to Facebook and Instagram at 360 Phoenix Flip. And of course, you're going to hear Day in the Life in full at the end of this episode. So let's go ahead and uh, get back to Cody of Millington. Well, speaking of uh, like multiple instruments and stuff, do you play do you actually play trombone and saxophone yeah yeah for sure um, okay because i was, you know, was uh, the 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 music video for right. your cover of look what happened you're right. sh- seen doing that right. i'm like i don't know if he's like just doing that to do it or like <laughs> does he do like everything like so well i will say that i didn't play saxophone and i wasn't actually playing the saxophone in the car but i was doing my best to get the fingerings right because i did record it uh, okay. but i didn't want to break my teeth um <laughs> Did the driver have hit a, a rock or something yeah, like that? Yeah, that so. would not be fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I, I am I am a multi instrumentalist. On our first EP, I played um, basically everything on at least a couple of tracks. Um, you know, I'm not the, I'm by no means the best version of our, the drummer in our band or the best you know guitar player in our band or the best uh, you know trombone player in our band. But I do play the things and. When there is a pandemic and they can't always come over. So I'm like, I'm always struggling to make content. And, uh, you know, if I need to pick up a, an, a horn and dude it, you know, for dude's sake, I, I will. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. So I know like, uh, just before we went on, uh, you said you were like right in the middle of working on new music. So is it Millington or is it something else? Um, so yeah, I mean, it is Millington. We are working on doing a, like a record for 2021 projected the end of 2021. Um, we wanted to do a full length, but I'm like a a super stickler for like really, you know, making sure songs are like great, not good. So if I have a song that I've been working on for a month and it's not coming together, I tend to keep working on that song as opposed to starting, you know, the next one. So we might get behind schedule and it might be, end up being an EP or it might be an album that comes out a little bit later, but you know, we're, we're certainly working on it. Um, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> that's the next thing. The next, next significant release will be some full bodied release by us, the band known as Millington. Yeah. I mean, 2020 was, was pretty busy. I mean, yeah. you had beat down generation, which I saw, uh, gained it's at what half a million streams half a million streams on spotify yeah which is the most you've ever had right yeah uh, yeah yeah i mean for a for a, an album release for sure um that's yeah that i was pretty blown away with by, by that because you know uh it hasn't even been a year yet and that's like you know not only is it a rock and roll record which we know we already covered rock is dead but it's also a ska record uh you know and ska punk is has been you know dead for longer in in the, in the in the same people's eyes of course i wouldn't say that i am in a ska band that's how i make my money but some people might believe that um so Don't you know, you it, know? haven't you heard, heard? haven't you heard ska the news punk is dead cody what? wait oh no what um but you know it's it's uh you know so to have that kind of numbers in 2021 you know with those genre and subgenre is like it's totally you know it feels like it's blown away so and it's pretty cool i mean considering you guys are not assigned to a label yeah not even a small one we, we, yeah we've heard from a couple but um and it's not that even that i'm like anti-label i like i i i've seen labels do good things i just i know that in a lot of ways at their core what they do is they offer money 
and you take the money, you, you know, you do something and then you owe money, you know, like, and like everybody hates college loans so much. And in, in my mind, until somebody, you know, wines and dines me and convinces me differently that they're that all labels are just college loans that I don't need right now. Um, Someone I mean, wine and dine Cody. Yeah, so, for yeah, goodness somebody, sakes. Yeah, somebody send me like some Chipotle or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, but get this guy it, a happy meal. <laughs> um, Cause you know, like, you know, right now we're, we're doing okay. Like, you know, every band could use, you know, a team. And that's, I think that's the biggest thing. Like if, if a label came along, was like, look, like blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The money part of it sucks. And we know that. And we're evil because we're a label, but, um, <laughs> uh, but we're going to help you because you are, you're like, you know, you're, 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 you're recording, you're writing, eventually have to tour again that, you know, um, I'm going to, you know, I will need a team at some point, you know, cause the band, they all have full-time jobs. This is my job. Uh, but it's still a lot for one person, especially as we're growing. So, um, you know, I, I, if, you know, if the right deal came along and there was like, like, we're going to take care of touring, we're going to make sure you guys look sexy on the poster. We're going to, you know, like, but you, then I'd be like, all right, yeah, just maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe you're not so bad. You know? Hey, you know, when the, t- when the time, when the time is right, when, right. you know, you're ready to 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 let that happen but i i I mean what's great for for millington is and i feel like you know this is just with how technology has been going more and more bands are doing things in-house i mean you don't have to pay somebody to make a you know a a really amazing sounding record like you 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 did that like thank you you know Uh, what i mean like i that's a lot of that's a lot of money right there because oh my god yeah you know you go to someone to do an ep to sound like that i mean it could easily be i don't know five grand or more yeah, i mean it yeah. just it just all depends yeah for sure and i think we are uniquely at an advantage there you know i see a lot of bands that are perhaps around our size, maybe bigger, maybe smaller like kind of getting into the recording game for the first time because of all this um, or because of other reasons, but mostly, you know, because of the pandemic, I've seen this. And um, again, we're uniquely at the advantage that this has been my trade. I just happened to start a band, you know, after I kind of got my footing with it. So um, it kind of met in the middle and it, it works, um, it worked really well to our advantage in that regard. And we're probably going to go forward like that for a while. I mean, I, you know, there's been labels we've talked to in the past that were like, you know, because we, you know, we've talked to some of them and uh, not that we've made any deals, that we've gone on record, no, no deals have been formed, but we've talked to some and, you know, some of the ones I've talked to have said that, you know, you know, you'll get a record advance, but, you know, you can put that towards touring because you, we feel free to make the record, you know, we've heard your record. So, yeah. um, you know, that's, that's one cool aspect of it, you know, um, you know, and hopefully, you know, if I end up having some kind of relationship with, um, a record label that, you know, perhaps I will be their studio guy that they go to for other bands. You know, that That's could be true. a cool thing if any record labels are listening. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are, uh, I know there's a lot of record labels or, or some that could be listening to this right now. Right, so, right. I mean, that actually, <laughs> that, that might not be a, a far crapshoot because right, right. <laughs> there are, uh, there's a lot check of... Check out my wonderful studio. <laughs> <laughs> hey, check it out. Um, yeah, no, there's Come a... Uh, <laughs> there's a uh there's a, a a lot of um small independent labels that mm. i work with or that i just you know have some kind of contact with and i know they listen so awesome that could uh 
Yeah, you never know. You might you might get an email after this. <laughs> like, why do you hate us so much? <laughs> hey, quit talking shit about us, like, man. Come on, we have a business to run. <laughs> so, yeah. what are so so you run a studio full time? Like, that's how you make your income? Um, in a sense, I mean, I do. Um, I record other bands, of course. You know, like I don't I don't right. advertise for it. It's, you know, it, it depends on like the the like the if it's a slow season in terms of Millington work, then I will per- perhaps advertise for my services a little bit more. Uh, otherwise, I kind of have been focusing on writing, and you know, we've got some money saved up as a band, so that's been you know sustaining me. And if you know, if a band comes by and says, "Hey, will you record us?" Of course, I'll you know do my best to make that happen. But um, you know, things are pretty busy for Millington right now. So between like again because. I do everything between like, you know, having merch designed and then, you know, working on all our different socials and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's, it's a full-time job in that regard. Um, and that's, you know, we're making it happen that way, but, um, yeah, no, I would definitely, you know, if, if, if any band that I have believed in said they wanted to come record, I would, you know, make it work for sure. I mean, it's pretty remarkable that you can actually make that your full-time gig. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I've, I've, I mean, cer- I've certainly been blessed and, and my parents are super, super supportive in that regard. Um, you know, that, I mean, I, I live at home, so mm-hmm. not having to pay, you know, if I had to pay rent, it might be a little bit more tough, but <laughs> you know, for sure. Um, but you know, I'm, 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 other than that, you know, doing Millington is, has, has become a job that's been more lucrative than, you know, any other job that I've worked before. So yeah, um, yeah I, I'm super, super fortunate in that regard. Um, yeah. Yeah, the future is bright, man. Yeah, I, I, I hope mean, so. <laughs> <laughs> at least it seems like it from yeah. from my perspective, you know. Um, so I, when as I was doing some digging around um, on you uh, before we did this, before we talked, mm-hmm. I saw that you you put out a um, a cover uh, of was it of like an anime? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's uh, it was a song called. Uh, Meet the Kotomo Naikishiki, and what it uh, basically it was. I heard it. I was playing a Nintendo game called Taiko no Tatsujin. It's really basically like you get a big Taiko drum and two uh, sticks, and, and I don't know. They've got a lot of songs from anime. That one just happened to be by a guy that is, I, I believe, he's just like a movie star, and he, okay. but he's also a musician. And I there was just one line that I heard, and it just like felt so emo. And literally, for a song to win me over, sometimes it just has to be like one line, like that makes me feel something. Because you know who has feelings these days? But like you know, if I feel <laughs> something from like one line of a of a song, like I'm pretty much sold. So like I I, I really liked. I mean, I like the the rest of the song. Don't get me wrong, but there's this one line, you know, that I liked, and uh, it was like when he, when it drops down the octave, it was like na 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 na. I was like, oh my god, I gotta cover that. Um, so you know, I, I and it's not like a ska punk cover or something. I wish I had time to do that, but I just I I messed around, made some trap beats, and and uh, yeah, I don't know. It was a lot of fun, and it kind of co- coincides with my Japanese uh, studying. Yeah, so you actually speak Japanese. It wasn't like you just learned the <laughs> the lyrics to the song, right? You actually can speak uh, Japanese. Yeah, I'm about two years in, but I I've made some friends online, and I I could, I could yeah, I'm at a conversational level for sure. So, okay, yeah. so how did that come about? <laughs> so that's crazy. Uh, what's crazy about this is that it, it literally the 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 deciding factor was one tweet to our band from. Uh, a Japanese fan. Yeah. I I think it was another band. Um, and they just like wrote this long, you know, when we first started Millington and they wrote this long, like 
tweet about um, our first record and it was all in Japanese. And I just, I thought that was the coolest thing ever. And I was like, you know what? Like I like Nintendo. I've loved Nintendo my entire life. And (laughs) there's just so many like things leading to this moment that I was just like, all right, time to learn. And I've been learning ever since. And, you know, there's been times where I'm like, like, you know, I get dissuaded from it or, or whatever, but you know, I've got friends now and I can't just not be able to not talk to them anymore. So, uh, you know, I, I, that, that's kind of what's been keeping me going, but, um, yeah, it was literally just like, oh, that's cool as hell. Like this Japanese band likes our band. Like I could literally show you the tweet, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. it was like a one deciding factor. And it's just ever since then, it's been like this, this kind of magical journey of like unlocking another part of the world, another culture and whatnot. So, so diving into, uh, the Japanese language. How how did you start? To, did you start through like one of those apps like Babbel or something like that? Um, so I was gonna. I was. I guess um, because I, you know, I was flooded with the commercials back in like 2000, whenever. Uh, those I used to see Rosetta Stone all the time. So I, I went yeah. online. I was like, Is Rosetta Stone actually good for Japanese? Everyone said no, but some people <laughs> said no. But Rocket Japanese is good. So I, you know, I got a, a membership to that site, and then you know that was initially my uh, only form of learning. But now it's like I've got two apps, you know, for just the kanji. I've got another app for Duolingo, you know, for just speaking. And I've got you know, I talk to friends every once in a while and, you know, video games that I've switched to Japanese language. So it really has like consumed my life in a way that like maybe nobody would know it if they weren't hanging out around me. But it's it's literally everywhere for me now. Like I kind of, you know, you, you learn a lot. Like, children learn a language by just being sur- surrounded by it initially. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. for, for me, I kind of have created my own little world where most of the time what I'm hearing is not English, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's kind of a wild. Yeah. yeah, that's that's awesome. What, what's the most interesting thing you in in the last couple of years you've learned Japanese? What's the most interesting thing about the language? Like when you were first starting out, that you were like, what? Like, I, or what? What was this? Was it a struggle or was it pretty easy for you? Because I mean, you you seem like a fairly smart guy. So, <laughs> well, I'm a straight B student for sure. And I can, <laughs> again, if we want to throw the report card up here for the podcaster, I don't know if it's a visual podcast or not. If not, we can have a robot voice read yeah, it off. I usually but... just do post the audio, but okay, you know. we'll have a, ro- a robot voice read it off my my uh, report card or whatever. But um, yeah, the weirdest thing. Or the, well, actually, like the hardest thing about it. Well, the kanji is definitely the hardest thing. And I think anybody who's spent time with the language would contest that. Cause you know, we have an alphabet that's, is it 26 or 27 letters? Oh my God. I'm forgetting English as we go. <laughs> I um, thought it was 26, but maybe it oh is God. 27. Well, you know, I, there, maybe there's a, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's like a sometimes why kind of situation. Um, uh-huh. You know, uh, but uh, uh, so they have two s- syllable, like, uh, syllabaries they call them, which are just syllables. And there's like 26 of there's, there's two of those and there's 26 in each of those, I think, um, or some number in their twenties. I, I, I'm not smart. Remember the straight piece student, but, um, <laughs> but then there's also like kanji, which is like 2000 symbols that you just need to memorize. And they all have multiple pronunciations and they, you know, even Japanese people are like, Oh yeah, that shit's hard. Like you speak to them. They're like, they're not like, what are you having trouble with that? What's wrong with you? Like everybody contests that that's, you know, the hardest. So, so kanji is like, is just like a sector of the Japanese language. It's what they, the symbols they took from uh, the Chinese writing system. So it's, um, 
again, there's, there's, there used to be tens of like 10,000 plus, but they simplified it after world war II to just, just over 2000. And you just, you straight up just need to memorize them. Like there's not a ton of easy ways to do it. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> I'm getting there. I think I'm around 400 right now. Uh, yeah, I, I study it hard, but even then, like, I, there's multiple pronunciations. So I'm like, I mean, it sounds impossible. How can someone memorize 2000? Well, I'm pretty I sure. Mean, like, so, yeah. So, a well, crazy fact you were asking about, or, or you're saying, like, one of the weirdest things that you figured out is that I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure, like, that somebody can check me on this if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that if you are a Japanese person, you cannot read a newspaper until you're like done with high school. Because Which, there's just so much. Because you just wouldn't have learned everything yet. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure. Like I, I might be spewing lies, and if I'm called a liar on this podcast, that's fine. We but need a, a Twitter fact yeah, checker. Yeah, can we get a fact check? But I'm pretty sure to like to fully enjoy the reading of a newspaper, you would need like a full high school education in terms of the kanji. So yeah, that that which well, blows my mind. I could read a newspaper when I, you know, here when I was mid high school. Right. Yeah. <laughs> with my. Uh, excellent brain (laughs) i mean even so there's i don't know i guess i guess 2000 isn't a far stretch because i mean you think about english and i can't tell you how many times i come across words i have no idea what it means sure like or i've never seen it before so i suppose that's that's really not but to think there was like ten thousand of them at some point yeah and then i'm pretty sure like the, the, i'm pretty sure that it was it was had something to do with the u.s's victory and then the westernization and blah blah, blah. they're like i think they mm-hmm. tried to get rid of it entirely but they're like we'll get rid of some of it <laughs> yeah know? so yeah that's that's not a surprise considering it, it, it it seems to always happen after a, a massive war like that you go back in history <laughs> right and there's like you know now like after world war one there was like a bunch of new countries you know right and, right yeah absolutely like and, what, and, what was prussia right like yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly so. so yeah that's uh that's really cool though um I was just really fascinated by that because i i figured just from watching that cover you did that you actually knew the language because to me it sounded like like wow like he's really good like he's oh, really you. good at this thank you thank you <laughs> like so he must know like beyond the this song right uh, yeah so. yeah a bit i guess i mean i again i've been studying for a couple of years now and i have a big thing is that i you know i i i will finish a song and then sometimes i'll because we've done another song in japanese before on our cover record we have um crazy noisy bizarre town and I uh, I have some friends on online on Twitter that I'll be like, hey, can I just like send this to you real quick? And you tell me like if something sounds like really American, like like butchered, you know, you know and uh, and they're super kind about it. So yeah, um, broken uh, broken Spanish, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> or for not sure. broken not broken Spanish, broken Japanese. What broken, am I saying? Yeah, right, right, right. I did say yeah. Spanish in high school though, and it was it was definitely bro- you know like I I never got nearly as far in Spanish, even though I took it all through high school, and it was kind of like uh, you know like it was like. Four K, no los dos. You know, like something. Yeah. Whereas, like, you know, again, like I can be like, "Meet the kotobana kishiki." Kyo, genki desu ka? You know, like, like, just like I can just like rattle off whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it would. Uh, now, you've never been to Japan, but I bet you want to go now. I was supposed to go. I was supposed to go uh, in October, but um, we, you know, we booked our flights before Corona and. Because of Corona, we had to cancel, which 
right. you know, happens, you know, worse things have befallen other people. So I'm not, I'm not too beat up about it, but, you know, definitely hoping to get there as soon as it's safely possible, you know, it, yeah, I think it would be really radical if I could, you know, rent a guitar somewhere and, and just like do the music thing too, that would be double radical. So, yeah, I mean, it would even be cool if Millington ever gets to a point in their career that you guys could actually play there because uh, a lot of us know in the scene that Japan are, they're big fans of, of ska punk. Oh my God. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and which is why you got a, you know, a tweet from that fan that one right, day, right, right. that's how it started, you know, started yeah. the whole Japanese language for you. Right, right. So. Um, yeah, that would, that is definitely like, like, I know that there's a, you know, like Great Britain, for example, would probably be a smart country to play, you know, across seas first, because we have, you know, probably more, you know, British fans than we do yeah. um, Japanese fans. But, you know, that's mm-hmm. like my that'll be a, a happy, that'll be a serotonin producing day for Cody when we get to play in Japan, you know, as a band. And, you know, I, I'm sure those guys will learn like four words, but I'll be like, you know, I'll be, you'll have a whole conversation yeah. on stage with oh, yeah. the audience and they're just going to be like blown away that you actually know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know they'll be like yeah like the rest of the band be like does that mean we're starting (laughs) (laughs) okay does that mean go or like what song are we playing right 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 right. oh yeah i forgot yeah (laughs) what song did he just introduce (laughs) oh my god that would be uh that would be funny well, um, Cody, this has been a lot of fun, man. Um, I had a ton of fun. This is this is great. This is great. Yeah, I'm I'm glad we could we could uh, connect to this. Uh, I, you were actually like on my list for a person I wanted to talk to, and then I oh. had a I had a, actually a, a listener reach out and say, "Hey, uh, Millington is one of the the bands I'd love to." you know, here on pop punk and pizza. And I thought, well, let's make this happen sooner rather than <laughs> yeah. later, yeah. you know? So, um, so yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you for your time. And I can't wait to, to hear what's in store for Millington this year. So, um, I love everything from the production to your voice, to the tone, like everything just thank sounds you. so good. The songwriting is excellent. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, so yeah, uh, anything anything else about Millington but before we go? Oh gee. Um well, I guess I would just urge everyone who has been along with us for the ride to be patient this year because we're working super hard on the record as I mentioned earlier. Um usually we're because we have the studio, you know, we're known for kind of just like writing something, putting it out, writing something, putting it out and like, you know, like kind of like satisfying that uh that hunger for for you know, the Obviously New everybody, yeah. everybody wants more and more, you know, and then that's fine. That's, that's kind of just how, you know, it is in today's day and age, but I would just ask that everybody's just a little bit patient with us because we are working super hard on a big coherent release and I will not let you down in that regard. Um, you know, uh, so, uh, you know, just thank you for everybody who's been, uh, you know, supporting us so far. And I hope that new people will give us a listen and look forward to their, our future as well. Awesome. All right, man. Well, have a great rest of the day and and uh, get back to uh, get back to songwriting. I guess, right? <laughs> I, yeah, I sure will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, your your setup, by the way, that looks pretty sweet. Yeah, I uh, I got this. Um, I worked at Guitar Center, and I I got mm. the, uh, one of the last things I bought. I was like, you know, what? I was thinking about maybe like going into like Twitch gaming or something. I don't know, just like whatever the kids <laughs> are doing these days. But I I bought it on the way out, and so far I've just been using it for podcasts, which has worked great. You know. Yeah. I, yeah. So. 
Yeah, it, it works works well for sure. Yeah. All right, man. Well, you you have a great rest of the day. You too. Yeah. Thank All you right. very much. Yep. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Everything started with a letdown, and we all fall down. Without a doubt, another episode to add to my favorite list. Love talking with you, Cody, and uh, learning all about you and Millington. And uh, the Fel- the Feldian Blink stories were, of course, great. And uh, I'm super excited to hear uh, some new songs from Millington here maybe later this year. Uh, you can find, in the meantime, <clears throat> you can find their music on all streaming platforms and also on Bandcamp as well, um, which uh, you can find, I think... I was I was just on there. Yeah, it's just millingtonband.bandcamp.com if you actually want to buy their music and download it. Um, and then, of course, you can uh, follow them on Facebook at Millington Band, Instagram, Millington The Band, and Twitter is at Millington Tweets. And this episode of Pop Punk and Pizza has been sponsored by 360 Phoenix Flip, and his new single, Day in the Life. It's available online starting tomorrow, March 19th. And let's give the song a listen in full. There's days that I remember, there's days that I forgot. There's friends I'm still in touch with, there's friends that I have lost. Correct.
360 Phoenix Flip with his new single, Day in the Life, dropping tomorrow on all streaming platforms, which is March 19th. Um, if your uh, band, business, or event would like to sponsor an episode of the podcast, go to poppunkpizzapod.com forward slash sponsor to find out all the details. I'm Jacques Lamore. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Just another quick reminder that uh, you can check out an awesome live stream event that features some of Chicago's finest pop punk bands and artists. It's called Snooze Fest. Uh, normally, this would all be done in person, and we would all be wearing our PJs and uh, rocking out to some pop punk and punk rock. But unfortunately, that cannot happen because live shows are still not a thing in Chicago, just like most places. So this is going to happen at 8 p.m. Central Time, March 19th, on uh, Guardrail's Twitch channel. Uh, Guardrail has been putting this on for five years now, and I'm honored to uh, be a part of it. I'm going to be one of the people um, introducing the show, and um, I'm it's always just such a pleasure to do so. Uh, so besides Guardrail playing the show, you have a better hand, which is actually out of Minneapolis, um, but everyone else is pretty much from uh, the Chicagoland area, including Bad Planning, The Blamed, Counter Theory, Drew Neely, The Flips, Late Nights, Tiny Kingdoms, and Torch the Hive. So catch that again, twitch.tv forward slash guardrail. And it's a free live stream event. So it's not something you have to pay for. So throw on some PJs and uh, watch the fifth anniversary party for Snooze Fest. And uh, I look forward to watching everyone perform tomorrow night. So um, coming up next week, our uh, next episode is uh, going to be dropping Tuesday, March 23rd. And it's going to be with Slacker from the United Kingdom, and we'll be talking about their latest single called Playing With Fire. Now, in the meantime, I do have some podcast-related news that I'm going to be announcing on our uh, social media pages and also via our mailing list. So if you want to go ahead and give the podcast a follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Pop Punk Pizza Pod, you'll be sure to uh, catch the exciting announcement that I have. Hopefully, I'll be announcing sometime next week. Um, and uh, you can also, if you like, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and and drop us a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Um, of course, you can catch up on previous episodes at poppunkpizzapod.com. Uh, you can buy merch there as well. Um, and when you do at checkout, make sure you use that promo code POPPUNK to get $2 off your order. So I'll talk to you uh, next week on Tuesday. I hope you have a great weekend. And uh, just make sure to keep those thoughts positive. Try not to be too hard on yourself because in the long run, it's really just not going to do you any favors. At least that's what I'm learning about myself at this point. So take good care of yourself and I'll talk to you soon. It's nice to meet you. Hey, come in and have a 
Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza.